Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the show. It's Straight Talk with Joe. Welcome to the show. It's Straight Talk with Joe. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Uh, to another episode of Straight Talk with Joe. Um, this is Keith on the mic with you guys right now. Um, and uh, with me, uh, you know, the one and only Miss Monique Calderon. Hello, everyone. Glad to be back. Yeah, excellent. Glad to, glad to be back with you, Monique. Um, and we have Joe, but <laughs> I think he's having some technical difficulties with his mic right now, um, which is really interesting. Um, let me, we're going to try, he's going to try to get back in, but welcome. Um, Joe will be back, uh, Joe will be on with us shortly, but welcome to another episode of Straight Talk with Joe. Um, tonight uh, we have a very good show for you guys in store. Um, we are discussing my identity in Christ. Um, with you know what we mean by that, this show is just a conversation of your identity in Christ, meaning um, who you are in Him and who He is in you. Um, so we have a. Uh, text we want to read from. Before we go there, uh, let's have a word of prayer to just start this off and invite the Holy Spirit in to to just fill us up and speak the words of Him. Uh, Heavenly Father, we come before you right now. We thank you. We lift our spirits up in sincerity and truth and pureness that you uh, just take over this show, Lord. Um, speak to us through your word. Speak to us through um, the Spirit, Lord, and just lead the show the way you want us to go. Touch our mouths so it can be truthful and it can be edifying and it can help uh, save and shape and grow your people and your sheep. In Jesus' mighty name, we love you and we thank you. Amen. Um, Amen. So, yeah, so I think we might have Joe back. Let's see how it goes. Uh, Joe, you there with us? Yes, I'm I'm here. I don't know what's going on, but I'm here. Thank God. <laughs> Glad to have you. Hi, Joe. Uh, what's going on, guys? Excellent, excellent. Um, so we are discussing my identity in Christ, and we're going to be reading from Romans eight chapter uh, Romans chapter eight verse fourteen to seventeen. Um, it, it says. I think this is a TPT version. I'm not quite sure what yeah, the acronym means. Yeah, that's the Passion Translation. The Passion Translation. Okay, thanks, Monday. Thanks, Monday. Okay, so it says, The mature Christian of God are those who are moved by the impulses of the Holy Spirit. And you did not receive the spirit of religious duty leading you back to the fear of never being good enough. But you have received the spirit of full acceptance enfolding you into the family of God. And you will never be orphaned. 
For as he rises up within us, our spirits join him in saying the words of tender affection. Beloved Father, those words. Uh, For the Holy Spirit makes God's fatherhood real to us as he whispers into our innermost being. You are God's beloved child. And since we are his true children, we qualify to share in all his treasures, for indeed we are heirs of God himself. And since we are joined to Christ, we also inherit all that he is and all that he has. We will experience being co-glorified with him, provided that we accept his sufferings as our own. Amen. Um, So, our identity in Christ, uh, please feel free to give us a call. This, call, this, this show is about conversation and just uh, talking to different people about the things of the Lord, talking to people about the Lord himself, uh, what he's doing, what he has done, what, he, what he's going to do. Uh, so give us a call at uh, 516-387-1427. That's 516 387 one four two seven. This first point we're going to touch on, and this is something I've been learning recently. Um, I think most people, or me personally, for a while, I didn't look at God as a father. Um, and I think that's a, diff- uh, a different concept that most people don't have. Like they don't look at God as like their father. They look at him as like God, this being that gets mad when you do this and he's going to strike you down and all this other stuff. And, you know, you better do this or he's going to punish you. It, it, but they don't look at him as a father. Like, uh, I grew up with my dad and um, I know he loved me. You know, my dad, I got beaten as a kid when I did something wrong, but he always instructed me and he corrected me and I knew that he loved me through that. Um, it wasn't to, it, it was it was order to correct my path and what I was doing, and he and he and he sat me down and he explained these things to me, like it was the explanation. Then it was the physical correction, and then he sent me on my way. Um, so let me ask you guys, do you, like, did you guys always have the view of God as like a father, like a dad, like the your like your dad begat you, like? Have you ever looked at God as a, a as a father, like a real flesh and bone, tangible, touching father? Um, yeah, I absolutely look at God as my father. I call him Dan. I call him Daddy, because I, I never had one growing up. Um, mm. you know, early on as a child, probably around seven, eight years old, I read um, in the Bible. And he'll be a father to the fatherless and a mother to the motherless. And when I read that, I was like, oh, I don't have a dad. And he's a father to the fatherless, and I'm fatherless, so that's my dad. And, like, and it'll be moments where, like, I don't know the answer to stuff, like, because I was never taught, like, the earthly way um, how to do stuff as a man or, you know, how to treat my wife 
the right way or treat my kids a certain way because as a man, I was never taught that. So, like, I have to go into a space and be like, all right, Dad, I need you to show me how to do this because I don't know how to do it. So I need some help. And he'll show me. He'll reveal it to me. So I, ever since I was a kid, I looked at God as my dad because that's the only dad that I knew. Still, to this day, it's the only dad that I know. Amen. That's powerful. Yeah. What about you, Mo? For me, um, now I see God as God the Father. Um, and truly what who God the Father is, what it says, you know, in the word of of the type of father that he is and what what we heard in that scripture. But it took a long time for me to get to where I'm at in being able to trust God because my earthly thought, what I was doing is I was projecting um, my feelings um, to God the Father from my feelings that I had from my from my earthly father. And so initially when people are saying, well, God the Father, I'm like, well, my dad wasn't there for me and my dad didn't love me the way I needed to be loved and my dad was abusive and I felt like I had to be perfect um, in order for my father to accept me. And so, you know, coming into understanding like that God is my, is Abba, right? He's my Papa. Um, And that he, he will glorify me and that um, there are all these things that he wants to give me and that he desires to give me and bless me with. And that was very hard for me to grasp with everything that I experienced with my earthly father, you know. Um, so now I do, but it, it took many. I gave my life to the Lord in 2011, and I want to say really I believe this now for about two years. So it took many, many years for me to really be able to not only see God as God the Father, but to believe that he's my father and that he, you know, just like Jeremiah twenty nine eleven says, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for hope and a future, not for disaster. Like for me to truly believe that and for me to truly believe that as his child when I stand before him that he sees me as holy and righteous and without blemish and that still to this day is hard for me to believe it's still something I kind of struggle with to truly believe that but you know if we believe that the Bible is the infallible word of God then we have to believe that when we when we stand before him as his children that we're holy and righteous you know, without without any blemish. So I've just got to make that faith statement and know what the actual truth is and what's a lie, right? Mm, amen. That's true. That's true. Um, the, the the truth of the matter is whether with, with, when anyone, it doesn't matter what anybody says, God is a father. He looks at us as sons and daughters. Um, it's something very hard for people to grasp, but it's true. Um, you can talk to them. I remember one show, Joe said, uh, you know, ask God, ask him, you know, he, he's there. 
he's he's listening to this show right now, uh, and, and and he he can talk to us. He does talk to us, whether it be by his word, through a dream, however he he's God, but he wants to talk to you. He wants to be in a relationship with you, and he's not far away. Um, it, it's it's really amazing. Uh, how simple that truth is, but it's so hard for us to grasp because of what we see and what we heard over the years. And, you know, God's not there. He's not listening. And he's doing this, and he's going to curse that. And and, and it's, it's so hard to, 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 to grasp it, but then again, it's so simple if you just empty your mind out and just receive what he had. Um, so I want to go to another verse. Um, his thoughts... Uh, what are God's thoughts toward us? Um, a lot of people may not know this, but we're going to go to the Word, and this is what God's thoughts are toward us as children, people who have been born again, who have received his son. It says, uh, first, and I love this verse, it says uh, first, in First Peter uh, chapter 2, verse 9, it says, But ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people, that ye should show forth the praises of him who hath called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Um, that's what God thinks of us. We are a, a, a peculiar people to him. Uh, what does that look like? How do we flesh that out? If, if you grew up without a dad or a mom or you were abandoned when you were you know, at a young age, and you think this world doesn't give two craps about you. People have run over you. People have cursed you. People have fought you. People have raped you. And, and people have abused you. And it seems every everything you see around you is, is just just decaying. You know, have you ever gone to the creator of all things or just even inquired about, you're not a Christian, inquired about who this Jesus is to ask him, you know, what do you think about me? What are you doing with me? Look, at, look, look right here in the word, word. See what it says. This is what the, the early believers believed. And they had, they had, very, they had joy. You know? <laughs> so I, I want to ask you guys to call in if, if you want to talk to us. Uh, the number is 516 Three eight seven one four two seven, um, but yeah, Monique, what, what do you think? Like, say for someone who, let's say you grew up without a father, like Joe. I've asked both of you guys. Did you ever think that, you know, what does God think about you? You know, I, you know, how come I didn't have two two parents in my house? Like, does God really even love me to give? Like, He couldn't even give me two parents or or anybody that loved me. What kind of God is this? Do you think people struggle with those thoughts, or do you think people, or have you ever struggled with those thoughts personally? Oh, absolutely. I think when, especially as um, new believers, when we're crying out to God, and we're or when we're praying, and we're not seeing our prayers answered. Um, we think that we're not we're not worthy and a lot of times many religions share that like that's part of their message is that we're unworthy 
And and though that is true to an extent, we're made worthy by what Jesus Christ did for us. And because we he ransomed us, right? Then we are co-heirs with Christ. And so understanding that the thought that the that God the Father, the creator of the universe, that the thoughts that he has for his son. So when we're reading um, in the Old Testament and, and they're saying, you know, God's saying what his thoughts are towards his son, uh, the, you know, who the soon-to-be Messiah is going to be, and also what we hear in the New Testament, what God says, that also is what God is saying about us because we are co-heirs with Jesus Christ. And so, and, you know, this is a new revelation for me as well, right? Because I just, oh, I'm unworthy, and I'm a sinner. And that's not true. Actually, in the Word, you know, Jesus came to break the curse. And so there's no more curse. And so because there's no more curse, we're no longer sinners, we're saints. And so we're to live like we're saints. And I think for many of us, we don't have that realization of, wow, just just that scripture you read, I am part of a royal priesthood, right? Like, whoa, there is royal blood running through my veins. Because if we believe what it says in the word that the Holy Spirit lives inside of us, then we are royalty because God lives inside of us. This is crazy, right? And so, you know, we need to really understand what God's thoughts are towards us and where we're going to find that is in the word. And let me tell you what his thoughts are towards us. It builds us up. It's encouraging. It's, it's dripped in love. It's dripped in compassion. You know, it's just, I mean, if we really grasp, grasp what the creator of the universe thinks of us, I think a lot more of us would be walking with our heads held high. Yeah, yeah, but but you know what? I think I think the problem. I'm sorry, Joe. Were you going to chime in? Oh, I guess not. Um, the thing is, I, what I've seen, and when I talk to certain people, it seems like they have a tough time grasping that change. You get what I'm saying? It's like, oh, I'm a sinner, I'm this, I'm that, I've killed somebody, I've did whatever. Then you mean to tell me all I have to do to get right with God is believe in on the name of Jesus Christ and I'll be saved and I'll be born again? I don't get that. I don't get it. <laughs> so, like, you know, it's, it's, it's hard for them to get how, like, they're loved. You know what I'm saying? It's It's like I think the – the, the love part doesn't resonate with them. They don't understand how God loves them. Like, it, it, it doesn't process that. That's why most people, uh, well, some people you talk to, they say, well, I believe I'm a good person, this, that, and other things, da, da, da. Because it's like we, we don't work on this uh, grace mentality. It's more like um, I put my work in, you put your work in. But, it, God and that's all like work. That's right. That's all work because we could work as hard, you know, day and night, night and day, but that's not 
that's not how it works. That's exactly right. It's like God did this. He sent his one and only son to die for us. Um, and there, we're, we were at that point, we were unworthy, unworthy of that. But that's how much he loved us, that he sent his only son so that we could have an opportunity to enter into heaven and to live with him forever and for our sin to be cast as far as the east is from the west and for him not even to remember it. But I totally get that. I mean, I had that too. I was like, I don't really know. I was a really terrible person. I did a lot of really terrible, disgusting things. And so I think it's definitely a journey that we walk through as we're in our walk is learning to accept God's reckless love for us. His love, you know, it will pound down doors. His love will tear down lies about us. He is, he is after us, relentlessly after us with his love for us to understand that because God is love. And so we need to learn in our faith walk to accept this love from him. If we're fully going to walk in our identity as a son or a daughter in Christ. Yeah. Yeah. Joe, Joe, you want to throw something in there? I think we might've lost him. Yeah. I think he might've put the, yeah, go, go handle something real quick, but that's all good. <laughs> I love Joe. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, I, I I agree. I agree. It's it's it's. I, I think it's that accepting um, of it, the receiving part. It's the receiving part. I know. Um, you know, um, for those that don't know um i i've got married recently um maybe about a year and some change in i'm still learning and things like that um and early in the marriage um you know i remember uh, me and brianna had a conversation and you know um based off of some things in uh, her past came up some things in my past came up it was almost like uh, that hurt from our past and previous relationships seeped into the marriage. And sometimes she and I would operate off of fear of, hey, did I do this? Like, uh uh-oh, you know, is he going to leave me? Is she going to leave me? Am I good enough for this person? And and, and it's like a fear-based relationship. You're never measuring up to your spouse. And we had to sit down and tell each other, like, listen, I made a commitment to you. I love you, and I'm going to be here with you till the last breath of my body. Um, and when you tell someone that and they receive that, they can operate differently than out of fear. They they respond with love. It's like, oh, okay. You know, like, I I I understand now. I this is I I don't understand it completely, but the fear is gone now. I just I want to reciprocate this love that you have for me. 
And and that's a part of that. that I said that to, to paint a picture of how God deals with us. Um, I think sometimes we skip too. We probably skip too far ahead to to really just take time to just get to know God and see how He loves us and how we should love Him. But we just get like skip that and we go to thinking about what God thinks and how God reacts. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and 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 we can miss the point of His love with us in that relationship. That's real. Uh, so. Yeah, I, I just wanted to share that as well. Um, and what brings us to the next point, uh, how much does he love us? How uh, d- does he give, does he love us more than Jesus? And I think, Monique, you might have wrote a note down here. Um, what, what, can you elaborate on that a little bit? Um, yeah, he... He actually loves us, just like I was saying earlier. He loves us just as much as he loves Jesus. Because, you know, if we if we look at a scripture that you read in the beginning, Romans eight fourteen through 17, it says that if we look at verse 17, it says, we are God's beloved child, and since we are his true children, we qualify to share all his treasures, for indeed we are heirs of God himself. And since we are joined to Christ, okay, so we're co we are we are seated with Christ as as a child of God. We also inherit all that he is and all that he has. And we will experience being co-glorified with him, providing that we accept his sufferings as our own. Um, And uh, we'll be talking about that later on um, in the show. But I think it's, you know, this is something else that was uh, on my faith journey that I learned, is that God loves me God doesn't love Jesus more than he loves me. God doesn't love John the Baptist more than he loves me. God doesn't love Mary more than he loves me. Right? God loves mm-hmm. God loves us just as much as he loves Jesus. Now, God loves us without rival. He loves us all uniquely in the way that we are to be loved. But there isn't this You know, we're all God. He loves us all with this huge, majestic love. And so I think that's an important point for us to understand as well uh, in our identity um, in Christ is to know that God loves us just as much as he loves Jesus. Yeah, and and when you're saying it, I got got a verse that, that came to mind. I remember when I first read this, and I I, I, I'm still trying to process it. It says uh, in John 17, verse 25 and 26, it says, and Jesus is praying. Jesus is saying this. He says, righteous father, though the world does not know you, I know you. And they know that you have sent me. I have made you known to them and will continue to make you known in order that the love you have for me be in them 
and that I myself be in them. He says that the love you have for me be in them. The love you have for me may be in them. So the love that, like, like Monique just said, the same love, the same love. And, and we see how Jesus reciprocated that love that he experienced from the Father. He's obedient to the Father. He loved the Father. And, that, and that's, the, that's the key part, like, to love the Father. But he experienced God's love. And I, I'll go out on the limb and I say I, maybe a lot of believers don't haven't experienced God's love. It's it, still trying to understand God. It, you know, it, it, it's tough. It, you know, can you just imagine the, the feeling, the love of God in your life? Receiving it, understanding it, basking in it, being in its presence. You know, it, it, it's, it's an amazing thing. Um, but we have to understand that in order to operate. Because what does uh, Paul write in First uh, Corinthians thirteen? If you if you could do all these things, but if you have if you don't have love, <laughs> it doesn't mean anything. <laughs> doesn't mean anything. It, 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 without love, it means absolutely nothing. You could you could be killed for Christ, and you if you don't have love, that's that's crazy right there. I'm sorry. Go ahead. What you say, Monique? Oh no, I I'm disagreeing with you over here. Absolutely, and and that's part of our our walk, right? It's part of the journey, the faith journey. It's yeah. learning God's love for us and um, experiencing it. And you know, we we tapped on this a couple of weeks ago. You know, when we're talking about um, experiencing the tangible presence of the Spirit. Because when we're able, when we go into the secret place and we are intentional about spending time with God and we're intentional about building an intimate relationship with God, our Father, right? Then we get to mm-hmm. experience love for us. Um, for us to just be walking along and living um, a quote-unquote normal life and just giving 30 minutes to God or 10 minutes or whatever it takes to read a devotional in the morning and then move on with your day and not incorporate him, not walking with him throughout your day, you know, it's going to be very difficult to experience his love. Right? Because how are we going to experience love with someone that we are not in relationship with? Right? It's just like with your in your marriage. How would you experience love with your wife if you never spent time with her? Amen. Amen. It, it so comes with spending time. Same thing. Mm-hmm. Same thing. Same thing. Um, let's go to the next point. Uh, guys, please, we, we would love to hear from you. This is a show about joining in and loving on one another and having conversations. Uh, we are a bunch of, I think Joe said this one time, I'm a nobody trying to tell everybody about somebody. <laughs> so that's all, y'all. We just would love to talk to you and just fellowship, and we can learn from one another. Um, the next segment, we want to – we want to ask you guys out there listening, 
Do you know the power and authority you have as a child of God? Do you know what you've been given freely? Freely been given the divine power and nature of God. Do you know what authority you have, or you you just didn't know anything about it? You thought you you know you got saved and praised God, and you just lived life with no power or authority. You just you know, hopefully this happens. Hopefully that happens. But I didn't know nothing about this uh, power authority. Did you know you have power authority? Um. Let us know. Let us know. Um, how do we step into this power and authority? Um, um, Monique, let's say for a new believer, how, how would they step into a power and authority? What are some nuggets you can give them to, to know about who, what this power and authority is? Um, there's a few scripture references. Um, I'll read one. Um, it's Mark 16 and 17, one of my favorites. Mark 16 and 17. It says, And these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name shall they cast out souls, they shall speak with new tongues. Um, there's another part under there. Uh, they shall take up serpents if they drink any deadly thing. It shall not hurt them, and they shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. Um, and this applies to all the believers. You know, Jesus said it. He can do it. So, uh, Monique, just that's a little taste, but can you elaborate on, like, uh, what does this power and authority look like? Well, it's just, you know, exactly what what you read, that we have the ability to to heal through the power that has been given to us as being sons and daughters of the Most High God because the Holy Spirit is dwelling within us. We have the power to heal those that are sick. We have the power to break chains off of people. We have the power to to command demons or unclean spirits to come out of people we have the power to raise the dead we have a crazy amazing power and i i feel like and correct me if i'm wrong but from what i've seen where i'm at in los angeles is that 90 percent of the population is not tapping into this power that we have you know, we have the power to prophesy. We have the power to give words of knowledge to people, to encourage, to build up. And, you know, it, it, it's not every day, especially like in Los Angeles, I can only speak from where I'm at, where I see people casting out demons and healing the sick just out as you're walking down the street. Oh, yeah. Right? And I, mean, oh, yeah. I think there's other Absolutely. things involved with that, too. There's things that we're dealing with inside, too, I'm sure. But it's like our power and our authority, we literally have the power. And we literally have the power to say, in the name of Jesus, unclean spirit, you must go. We don't have to yell. We don't have to holler. 
We don't have to shake that person. We can say it very calmly, too, in the name of Jesus. Fear, you must go. We can say it as simple as that because we are a son. We are sons and daughters. I can calmly. I don't have to cast some, cast it out and scream and this, that, and the other because when people know their authority, their true authority, if we can, let's think about kings and queens, for instance. They don't, kings and queens don't yell. They say something very politely, very calm, and it is done. Why? Because there is power and authority. They are, see, they are seated on a seat of authority. And because they are, they are seated in that authority, people listen to them. Right? And so it's that same thing with us, is that we have this power and this authority inside of us. How we operate, we can just operate very calmly and and with love, and and there's no need to push around um, our power or our authority. Because when you're really confident in who you are, there's no need to boast about it. It just, it is what it is, right? I am a daughter of the Most High King. And I know when I go to my daddy and I really plead with Holy Spirit, I know that he is listening and he is on all his promises are yes and amen. And because I'm his daughter, I am abiding in him. And through me abiding in him, I am praying for the things that are in alignment with his will. And if I'm in alignment with his will, then he will answer those prayers. He will show up. His tangible presence will move throughout regardless, right? And so mm-hmm. that's something else we need to know that as we, it says in the word, boldly approach the throne. Boldly, because when we know who our, our daddy is, we can go straight to him. We don't have to be timid. Oh, Lord. So when we're praying prayers, for instance, perfect example, when we're praying prayers, are we praying like this? Oh, Lord, I just, I just beseech thee. Oh, I just ask if this is your will, God, would you just heal? Would you just heal little Tommy? Are you kidding me? Of course it's God's will that little Tommy be fully healed. Why are we praying like that? If we're real, if I'm really a daughter of the Most High God, then I should be saying, God, I thank you. I thank you for the full healing that is that is taking place in little Tommy's body right now. Lord God, I thank you that your desire is for him to be fully, fully healed and to be complete and for all, you know, whatever diseases to, to be cast out. And right now with the authority given to me by you, Lord Jesus, I command any spirit of infirmity to go right now. You see the difference in the prayer? The difference in my mm-hmm. identity? My, the second one, I knew my identity. <laughs> The first one, I was like, oh, I'm not sure if God's really going to answer my prayer here. I'm not sure if I, you know, if I'm really his favorite. I'm not sure if he really, you know. So, I mean, that's a perfect example of how to walk in power and authority is in our, and how we're praying. Absolutely. I, I, that, that occurred to me the same way. I had to change my prayer language 
because I wasn't praying boldly and coming coming to God boldly with my request. It, it was like it was. I call it a me personally. It was a punk prayer. It, it was it was a prayer to make God still look good in case I didn't in case the prayer wasn't answered. And it, it was like a safeguard prayer. And it, it's like, hey, is that really how he told us to pray? Like, you know, I, I, you know, it's it, we we have to we we have to get the mind of Christ in us, know we're loved by Him, and operate in the full power that Christ has operated in. That's what being a Christian is all about. It seems ever since I was little, and the more I see today, being a Christian is just about not sinning. That's all it is about now. Don't sin. Don't sin. Don't sin. Don't sin. Don't sin. That's that's it. What about the other stuff? What about raising the dead? What about casting out demons? What about healing? What about being the light in the room? What about casting off your shirt and people touching the shirt and it's healed? Disciples in right. Christ did all these things. Why aren't we doing it? Hey, guys. I, I mean, I you know. Joe's I'm back. sorry, Joe. Hey, Joe, welcome yeah. back. <laughs> it's it's, it's about like, I don't know. Come. Something's wrong with my phone, but um, I was able to listen. I just wasn't able to talk. Um, I think all this kind of boils down to one thing, faith. Um, Mm. Throughout the New Testament, you see many examples of the power of Jesus Christ, but, you know, especially with with the disciples. You can see the power, but... At times, the faith wasn't there. And even Jesus had to say, mm. oh, you little faith, right? Like, you saw the power yep. of the Holy Spirit when, when uh, I think it was Paul who began to walk on water with Jesus. And then his faith started to falter, and then he started to sink. And he reached out, and then Jesus called him, right? You know, um, it's, 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 it's it's another example where they're in the boat and Jesus is asleep and they're thinking that they're about to die and they wake Jesus up and the first thing he the first thing he says is oh ye of little faith right I think people are fearful of the fact that they have the power. Because they've been wow. in situations where they haven't had the power. They haven't had the authority. And then all of a sudden someone says, now you have the power, now you have the authority. You know, how can that be? How can I have this power? How can I have this authority? You know, if you've never been a positive person, if you've never had the opportunity or the chance to um be in a position where you're in control and somebody is always dictated things to you, whether that's financially, spiritually, not spiritually, but financially, um, you know, worldly, such as, you know, people giving you things. How can you say that you've been in a position of power and authority? And I think as um, Christians and as teachers, because, you know, we are teachers, I think if we teach people the way that they're supposed to live 
with having some kind of authority, um, and then you know, showing them you know how to do things on their own, you know, to teach people to be independent versus being dependent on someone. I think that can start to shift the idea of now I have some type of um, authority. Whereas if you tell somebody, you know, it's like it's like um, it's like you tell a kid, clean your room, clean your room, clean your room. You know, you can go in your room and pick your toys up and put them in the toy box. But if you never show them how to do it, they may they may not understand. They 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 might think that they can do it, but they may not know how to do it. So I think, you know, we know how to do it. We know because we've been taught, right? We've been taught taught through, you know, leaders in the church. We've been taught through the Holy Spirit. But you know, you got at times you have we have to remember that everybody's not. On our level, you know, we've been saved for a long time, right? You know, we've been in the Word of God for a long time, but sometimes we 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 have to be teachers, and we have to show people how to tap into that spirit. And it's not like this long drawn out process. It's one thing: asking. But within the asking, mm. we also have to teach them. How to have a belief, you know, like my go-to thing to prove to people that believing in something is not that hard is, and I'm, I've mentioned this a few times in the show, you know, we do something every day, and we believe that this one thing will always work for us. We sit down in a chair. We have faith that every time we sit down in a chair, that that chair is going to be stable enough to hold us up, whether we weigh 10 pounds or 10,000 pounds, we have faith because we know time and time again that when we get up when we, and when we get down, that whatever we sit on, it's going to hold us up. But we can't believe in God, right? We believe in gravity, but we can't see it. But we can't believe in something that we know that has changed our lives, that have changed thousands of other lives around us because of something that someone else has said. But we can believe in unseen things that the world has said, but we can't believe in the unseen things that the Holy Spirit has led us to believe. So if we can do three things, as teach and teach people how to ask God to believe and to believe, then I think that can start the shift of showing people and having people to understand how to have the authority and how to tap into the power of the Holy Spirit to do the things that the world cannot see. Because when we move in the supernatural, then the world can see the light that God has instilled in us because it's not us that is creating the power are creating the movement within the power. It's the Holy Spirit working through us because at the end of the day, Amen. when we do pray for these things and when we do have these things done in our lives, it's not for us. It's for the glorification of God. 
And if we can get these things done through the Holy Spirit and through the glorification of God, that brings reverence to his kingdom, and then that draws men unto him, right? So when we can analyze these things and have a better understanding of these things, then and only then I think that, and this is just my opinion, that is how we can get people to understand how to tap into the power and how to have authority within the power. Amen. Joe, you said something that blew my mind, and and I, I, I would go ahead and say it. You mentioned about gravity. This is a challenge for myself, and I um, issue this challenge to anyone listening, and every you know you guys too. Challenge yourself to trust in God more than you trust in gravity. The same way you trust in gravity, throw a ball in the air, you know it's gonna come down and catch it in your hand. Trust in God. Trust trust in God more than that that ball coming back down. We we believe the ball's gonna come down. We know it. A hundred times it's always going to come down. We need to have that same assurance in Christ. The same assurance. Do you know how much peace we would have? Think about that. <laughs> you know how much peace we would have if we had that same assurance in all things, in power, in authority, in healing, raising the dead? Like, it's the same thing. And I believe the disciples had this, this, this you know, they had this confidence. But the enemy always tries to shake it, always, 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 with thinking, with something else you have to do, with, you know, you're not doing this right, God is mad, it's not working. It, that's, that's not from the Lord. Um, I want to read something really quick, Acts chapter 3, mm-hmm. verse 5 to 7. Um, it says, and he gave in... in and Peter's coming out of uh, the synagogue, um, coming out of Jerusalem, he's somewhere. But it says, and he gave heed unto them, ex- expecting that he might receive something. And Peter said this to a homeless man that was asking him for money. He says, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have, I give unto thee. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and lifted him up, and immediately his feet and ankles, uh, bones received strength. That's power. That's authority. Immediately. He said, as such as I, he didn't pray over him. Joe, did he pray over him to, to, that he might walk? Did, 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 did Peter pray over that guy? Monique, did, did Peter pray? I don't, I don't think so. I, I, I don't think Monique, he did. Monique, was there a prayer in right here? <laughs> Where is the prayer? <laughs> right? There's no prayer. Get up and walk in the name of Jesus. Come on. I, such as I have, I give unto you. Here. And he gave it to him and immediately received strength. Immediately. That. Verses like this always trip me up. But, you know, like you said, Joe, faith, it, it comes down to the faith. Do we really believe? Do we really, really believe? Um, 
man. Uh, let's go to the next point. With but with with but with the power, with the authority, um, with the things He's given us to be stewards over. There's also sufferings that come as well. Um, and what does it mean to be uh, mean to accept His sufferings as our own? Uh, Monique, do do you want to touch on that? <clears throat> Yeah, um, you know, and going back to like our our key our keystone our key verse for the show, you know, it says that can be just like and Joe was saying this too, you know, being glorified, right? Um, and it's being glorified, giving glory to the Lord, but that only happens when we accept His sufferings as our own. So that means that, you know, suffering, like they say, fight the good fight. I can give a great personal example to you guys right now. I am going through um, something in which I'm really being tested. I'm um, in terms of, okay, Monique, are you going to be the daughter of God that you say you are? Or are you going to react? or respond the way the world responds. And truly what I'm going through, because all of my flesh is saying, I do not want to give this particular person, I don't want to respond to this person with love. I don't want to respond to this person with compassion. I don't want to respond to this person with grace. But as a daughter of God, I, you know, sit before him and I cry out to him and I'm like, God, this isn't fair. This isn't fair. Well, doesn't that sound familiar? (laughs) You know, when Jesus was up on the cross, you know, and he was like, hey, if there's any other way we could make this happen, Lord, you know, because he was suffering. He was in pain. And I am in my situation, um, by all means, this is not, you know, the pain of, of being nailed to a cross. But this is hard because I'm like nailing my flesh to the cross. And I'm literally having to suffer um, so that I can actually be able to, I believe, wear my crown with pride as a daughter. Because I know how, how the Lord is asking me to respond in this situation. You know, and that's just just a small example. There's so many other examples, right? As we think about why do I have to suffer? Well, we are not asked to do anything that Jesus wasn't asked to do. And Jesus, right, was asked to lay his life down for us. And it says in the word that we are to lay our life down for others, right? And so being able to suffer to fight the good fight, even when we don't feel like it. I, you know, I'm someone that I don't do things to get things from God. Uh, I'm not like that. That's very much a workspace. And I, I um, grew up very much workspace and I, it took me a long time to get away from, from works. Um, and so it's not like I decide, Oh, so I can be glorified with God. I'm going to suffer. But what this, scripture does say is it's a promise and it says that if we suffer for the Lord that we will be glorified with Jesus 
right? And the tre- all the treasure, everything that's available, uh, ev- everything that's in heaven is available to us. And so I think, you know, some people um, may have this notion that, okay, yes, I'm a daughter, I'm a child of God, I'm a daughter, I'm a son, I don't have to suffer. I, I hate to rain on your parade, <laughs> but nowhere in the Bible does it say and actually it speaks to the contrary and it says in this world you will have trouble right it right. that's actually it tells us it doesn't say that we're not going to suffer and so i think that's really important um for us as well to understand that because i think some people can think okay yeah i'm i'm a i'm a child of god i'm good i'm covered but unfortunately we we are going to suffer but that's just things are going to happen in life. We live in a fallen world, and, and things are going to happen. Things We're going to have to endure certain things in our lives. Um, but in the word it says, but take heart, for I have overcome the world, right? Um, so, yeah, just having that understanding I think is really important because I think a lot of people can, believers, new believers especially, be, can become very disheartened when they're up against, um, you know, persecution or they're suffering or bad things are just happening to them and they're just like, I thought if I was to believe in God, all these things are going to go great. And and that's just, that's not what the word says. But what the word does say that is in these circumstances, that he will give you peace. That during this time, if you believe in him and if you trust in him, he will bring you revelation. He will bring you joy. Right, these are the promises that that the word gives us, and that will help us to get through the tough circumstances. Amen. Amen. Um, yeah, I agree a hundred percent with Mo um, about the suffering. Um, we we're gonna transition to the last part. I think Mo Mo has to go. Um, a little early tonight. So, Mo, if you want to say something really quick, um, you you can go first and sign out. Oh, yeah. Thank you so much. Um, I would just say for anybody who's listening, who's maybe even all of this, you're like, I don't get it. I do not. I still am not understanding what you're saying. I would really just invite you to spend time in the word and pull and even you could do a google search you could do what does god say about me scriptures of what god says about children of god or what does god say about jesus scriptures and and open up your bible and highlight those things and write them out and those can become your affirmations whenever you spend your quiet time with God or carve out some time and make time so that you can start to truly understand what your identity is in Christ. And I totally, I love what Joe said in terms of faith. We, it, this will build up your faith because if you read it and you say, wow, God really says that about me? Really, I am a royal priesthood? Really, I have all the treasures that are available to Jesus are available to me? What? And, 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 you, and you digest it. You don't write down 20 verses and then start trying to process 
take one verse and meditate on it. What does that mean? That means just think about it and ask the Lord, Lord, what, are you, what do you want to say to me about this verse today? What do you want to speak to me about this verse today? How do you want to speak to my heart? And, and it's just this daily process. And, and as you do this daily, just small manageable types of goals, you set small manageable goals for yourself, you are going to be able to step into your true identity as a son and a daughter of the most high God. Amen. Amen. Um, thank you so much, Monique, for that. Um, always a blessing. Um, the sufferings. Uh, I just want to go back to the sufferings really quick. I know Monique has to go. Um, Y'all have a great night. Thank you so much. Oh, see you, Mo. See you, Mo. Uh, Bye. Yeah, the, the sufferings. They will come. The persecutions, they will come. We live in a society, in a world, uh, that will ridicule us for our beliefs. We live in a society that will kill us for our beliefs. Uh, we live in a society where they, they mock God, they mock Jesus. Other people may demean Jesus' work. Some people may... Accept a little bit of Jesus' work, but not all of it. Uh, there's some people that pervert Jesus' work. And at the end of the day, it causes us to suffer. Because there's brothers and sisters that are uh, leaving the faith because of unbelief. They've checked out and they've gone elsewhere. Jesus had to endure that. For us And we're called to do the same thing for him But we Know that we're overcomers in him We have to Stay connected to the vine And he'll provide a way um, So I, I just wanted to touch on that it, it's, it's a battle we can definitely, definitely win Every single time But you have to rely solely on Christ Get into the spirit and get out of your head. I on Christ. It's not always a mind game all the time. Um, that you know, closing remarks. Uh, we 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 definitely have more, but we gotta go. Um, I just want to encourage you guys. I uh, love I love tonight's topic. Um, I just want to encourage everyone listening or will listen to this. Get to know who you are in Christ. Get to know who you are. I'm not talking about, you know, uh, your family's genealogy record. I'm not talking about who you are in the the church or who you are in the ministry. I'm not talking about your church title. I'm not talking about your office. I'm talking about who you are to Jesus Christ, the Son of God. That's what I'm talking about. Um, Who are you to him and who is he to you? And that's something that you have to find out for yourself 
and you don't have to share with anybody else. It's personal to you. Um, but yeah, so feel free uh, to hit us up at Straight Talk, uh, Straight Talk Joe at Gmail dot com. Hit us up on Instagram, uh, Facebook. We're we're all over. Um, and if you want to get into more Bible study, we encourage you to check out um, www.walkingischrist.com. It's a great Bible study podcast. Uh, but we love you guys. God bless you. And have a wonderful, wonderful night.